Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did I see Tom's announcement for his next film? Tom Cruise. In Yaritu. In Alejandro. In Yaritu's next film. Yes. Very cool news. Welcome to this episode of Letterboxd Recap on Raiders of Lost Podcast. You just got a taste of just me and Anthony just always talk about movies. <laughs> and that's why I started the podcast. We just started to turn a camera on and microphones on. Before we talk about movies on our podcast, we talk about movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we do. And then before we go to bed, Anthony tucks me in and tells me a story about movies. Usually it's about Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's usually about Tom Cruise. But that's really cool news. Even though this isn't a movie news episode. I saw that like an hour ago. Yeah, I, was I like, just saw it on social media. Inject this into my veins. Everybody wants to work with Tom Cruise because he's the man. Man, oh my god, what a great director too. I that means him. he's going back to drama. Yeah, well, he's going to be up there eventually in age where he can't do the same kinds of action he does. He can still do a little bit. Don't you bit. fucking say that. Liam Neeson. Don't you dare say I'm that. I'm saying Liam Neeson's still doing some action movies here and there. It's yeah, not but re- Tom takes crazy good care of himself. He does, but when he's 80, he's not going to be jumping out of planes anymore. I mean, don't say don't say that. I mean, <laughs> I would I guarantee when he's 80, he's still jumping out of planes. <laughs> I'll put money on that. Okay, probably, probably. He's only like 15 years away from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He looks he's amazing. He's like 61. He looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna I, be 80 years old with abs just bet, like harrison ford i bet he wins an oscar for whatever the movie is i bet he wins an oscar that, i mean if you're gonna work with a director he's someone who can help you get a performance that gets you an oscar win for sure obviously not that he hasn't had roles where he deserved an oscar he should have won for be, magnolia he should have won for a couple of things he's pretty damn i might good. watch the tom cruise movie tonight after i think this i will too i gotta edit but i kind of want to watch it i haven't watched that many movies in the last put it on weeks. the background Throw yeah, some, yeah. Throw some uh, Tom Cruise in the background. Just like a Mission Impossible, just for fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all on Paramount. <laughs> or well, just Edge of Tomorrow in the background. Fuck yeah, I mean. Dun, 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 dun. I would just end up watching the movie. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the, that is the issue. All right, Letterbox recap. How we doing, everybody? So happy to be here on this episode. Anthony and I, we are awesome. Are awesome, <laughs> but we have some cool news. I'm sure a lot of you know. That we are hosting a private Dune screening with IMAX and Warner Brothers yes, sir. on Monday. And we gave away tickets to 30 fans of the show. Thank you so much to all the people who entered. We had over 100 people enter the contest. 30 of y'all won a pair of tickets to come join us to see Dune in IMAX a week before everybody. It's going to be an amazing event. And we're going to be, for those of you who won, it's going to be playing in the perfect theater to watch a film i can't think of a better theater that i've been to to watch a movie than this theater yeah it's, it's really amazing because it's imax's private theater they have a couple and it's just the screen's obviously massive because it's imax but the theater itself we've talked about it a bunch of times it's not as big as you would think it's intimate it is intimate but the seats are enormous and comfortable just each seat is like yeah, the biggest like movie chair you've ever, you'd yeah. ever sit in. So big and comfy, and and we're gonna have concessions, and we're gonna have like photo op. It's gonna be super fun. It's gonna be an awesome event. It's Cannot so cool. Wait. The graphic it says tag, Dune movie, Raiders of the Lost podcast in IMAX. Pretty like, badass. One two three. It's like whoa, our name's Pretty up there. Pretty That's cool. crazy. Pretty it's like on cool. the graphic. It's wild. Timothy Chalamet is gonna be there. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be holding my hand while I watch it, and Austin will be on my left side. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh, they have better things to do than hang out with they us. Hang out with us, yes, they do. <laughs> they're doing they a have, full, they're doing a press tour around the world right now. Hey, man, but 
they would do that for us maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. We're not that Surprise, big. Surprise, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh, guys, we're big fans. But yeah, we're super excited about that because, you know, movies are life. And Dune Part 2, we saw it. We'll oh, yeah. talk about it in a little bit. We saw it already. Holy not shit. an IMAX, though. But we got a very early invite, thanks yes. to Cinema Joe. And we saw it at AMC last night. And it was every bit as amazing as you think it would be. But um, I don't want to get into it yet because we're rev- obviously reviewing... The episode we're gonna post our our full review of it on March fourth, which is a Monday. Two Monday hour review after, so it comes out on March first, and then on March fourth you can watch our episode. We want everyone to get a chance to see the film before. Oh yeah, they see our review because we want you to be able to enjoy the review. We don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's nice to already have that review in the can. Yeah, because I they were so excited to talk about it. I didn't want to wait too long because it was still fresh in my mind. But it, it's just a wonderful film, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. But. Man, it was great to see it that early. We've never been to a screening that early. Yeah, we have. Have we? We saw Ninja Turtles a month and a half before. Oh, yeah, it came that's out. true. It wasn't never even mind. finished yet. Sure. Yeah, forget. Scratch that. Anthony, it, was still, it wasn't even animated yet. You're a pretty dope guy, yeah. all right? Oh, thanks, you man. got some things going thanks. on. You've been to some some screenings before, guy. <laughs> You've seen movies early. <laughs> Pat yourself. Hey, do me a favor. Take your right hand. <laughs> no, your right hand's busy. Take your left hand. Put it over your, le- over your right shoulder. Just give yourself a pat. There you go. Pat yourself on the back. That's Anthony. Pat himself on the thanks, back. Thanks, man. I feel you, better. You're doing great, bro. It's funny when we walk when I first walked into the cinema last night, I walked into the room and I was I looked at the screen I was like, it's not IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It was great. It was amazing. So lucky and still fortunate. Wonderful experience, but I was like, oh, it's not IMAX. Fuck. The, um, That's how good IMAX is. It was a very influencer crowd. Yeah, and I will say heavy. that there was just a lot of talking during. I the had movie to tell. Then. I had to ask two people to stop talking. There, the two women to my left would not stop talking the whole time. They, I'm, they might have been sisters, but. They would not stop talking. They were in I all chatter all and, around. And they kept they she kept like pointing at the screen and like putting her hands up like oh my god this shot's amazing. I'm like you're not the only person here. There's other people. So like every oh, time was she really she kept putting her hands up like to like do a frame with oh her my hands god. like a, like a like you know you do like a rectangle yeah. with your fingers. She kept doing that and I'm like you're blocking my peripheral view with your hands. She's it's not just, even paying attention to the film. She was writing in her in a diary in a notebook the whole time. She might time. be a film critic. I'm guessing she was a film reviewer. But because like you're not even paying attention to the film. She she was scribbling uh-huh. every minute. Oh, I saw her she notebook kept, when I showed right, up. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing she's a reviewer. Yeah. But it's like you're not even watching the movie. You're just writing. And some, you're also like acting for your friend in a way. It was it was super annoying because I was right next to them. So it was holy shit. I was but I I can intently focus on something. So yeah, like I if, can't. if there's chatter, I can just like lock in. I okay. was locked the fuck in. So I had I told I asked I politely asked the people next to us to, to the right of me. I was like, please, can you guys please keep down the talking? Because for 10 minutes straight, they're giggling and laughing. And she was asking him questions constantly. And I, but I was so nice. I was just like, really, I like put my hands together. I was like, God, please, could, would it be okay if you guys kept down the talking? You made them an omelet. Like, please, here's and an they, omelet. they glared at me like I was a fucking crazy person. Because you are, Anthony. And then and the guy next to me was like trying to stare me down. I was like, uh, I'll stare you down too. And then he looked away. But it was weird. He was like, looked he at stared me. stared you down? He looked at me like... What the fuck are you talking about? Like eyes raised, like really, dude? I was like, we're at the fucking earliest screening of Dune Part Two in the world right now, and you guys don't even have the respect to let the film play. There was quite a bit of chatter. It was, it yeah. is what it is. Those kinds of screenings, always great to go to, and so lucky, but still like not necessarily film cinephile lovers. Yeah, because you could tell, because obviously a, a film lover would not be talking during a two week early screening of Dune. Yeah. But these film influencers or these TikTok, it just they weren't like film influencers. It, it yeah. seemed like a very there were some film influencers there, but it seemed like just a bunch of TikTokers there. As yeah, well. it was a TikTok event. Well, yeah, there. it was a TikTok. That's event. why we we didn't realize it was a TikTok like oh, like put the whole thing together. So they invited 
TikTokers, not even film TikTokers, but well, I, I don't it was know. still great to see. I saw a couple, actually. No, there's there are film talk yeah. TikTokers. Yeah, they they could right. all be film talk TikTokers. I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, that's true. You know, we're just making assumptions here. Got to get off your jump to conclusions. <laughs> you haven't pulled that one out for a while. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony's jump to conclusions, Matt. Always pulling it out. I know everybody here and their backstory. That guy is not a film influencer, really. Based on what? Absolutely nothing. Uh, giggling during the movie for two General hours. General assumptions. Yeah. General assumptions. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty spot on. No, you're not. Yeah. You are not spot on with your assumptions. Spot you've never been spot on. I've never been wrong you've, about oh, anything in my life. You're wrong about this, probably. <laughs> I bet it was all film TikTokers. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Just because you're a film talk TikToker doesn't mean you don't talk to her in movies. That's true. That's it a good point. doesn't mean you like, fully respect the okay. cin- a cinema. Okay. That's, yeah, that's two things. You're right. Yeah. Those are two, th- two, those are two things. Still talk One about doesn't go hand in hand. You still talk about movies and be a dick at the theater. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I didn't think about it that way. They don't have to go hand in hand. So why don't you get off your jump to conclusions, <laughs> Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you invented that phrase after inv- Office Space. Oh, I didn't invent it. It's 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 a reference. of making. I mean, of making fun of me. Oh, with you, yeah. yeah. Well, no, because it's a jump. It's a jump to conclusions, Matt. But you call it a jump to assumptions, Matt. No, I just called it jump to conclusions, Matt. Oh, okay, yeah. You were saying assumptions earlier. No, I say you. I usually say you jump to assumptions, but uh-huh. then I busted out the reference to Office Space just gotcha. now. Jump to conclusions, yeah. Matt. It's great, great Office Space reference. It's a jump. To conclusions, Matt. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I am a people person. I'm good at talking to people. What the hell is the matter with you people? <laughs> I should watch that tonight. That's a good... We should do an episode on Office yeah, Space. You want to just watch Office Space yeah. tonight? Yeah. Let's just put it on. Yeah. Fuck it. I haven't watched a good comedy in a while. Yeah. And I've been so busy. Like, I was, I've been rocked. I'm, like, exhausted right now. Like, the last 36 hours. Yeah, you were... The last 48 hours, yeah, actually. You, you did a lot the last two days. I did two days of filming in a row. And, more, and yesterday was... All day, I was up at 5, and then we had a call time at 7 a.m. You came and helped out for like six hours-ish, and then I f- filmed till about 5.30, and then I went straight to that event, and then I got home at like 11.30 midnight, and then I still had to do uploads for Sony PlayStation and download all that content. <laughs> I went to bed at like maybe 1. Ouch. So I'm just I'm just exhausted, but I still... We filmed our Dune episode today. We did it, man. Had a workout and just getting to do some editing. I saw you out there with the bands you in like the backyard. The, I didn't feel like going to the gym. A little so leg I, workout I did legs with the bands. and cardio in the backyard. You look, you look good, man. The sun came out today. It was beautiful. It was yeah, so I, nice. I went for a walk. It was lovely. So, But yeah, all right. Let's get into why we're here. Talk about movies. Since we don't have that many movies to talk about, let's go right into our Letterbox Top 4 from 5 fans. Let's do it, man. We got some good ones. I hope so. First up, we have Jason Ledoux. Oh, this is a great one. Jason has the best Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> then Apollo 13 from Ron Howard. Great pick. Awesome space movie. Just a fantastic. And it's a space movie, but it's about the space program, which mm-hmm. I always think is cool. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't blend in like fantasy or huge science fiction. It's just really about us and what we've done so far as a species with space. Then On the Waterfront. Nice. Excellent pick uh, from... Um, Elliot Kazan directed that, and then The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Ben Stiller. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's yeah. we've been seeing that. You know, that's it's one a well liked movie from time to time. It's a well liked movie from time to time. Uh, <laughs> is that Goodwill Hunting that a reference? No, it's Ben Affleck from time to time. <laughs> ben Affleck says that in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they're at the bar with Skyler. Uh, oh, is, do yeah. you come here a lot? <laughs> from, oh yeah, yeah. From time to time. <laughs> He's hitting on Skylar. Yeah, I said, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in that class. It's a good class. Statistics, yeah. Yeah, it's a good class. I found it a bit elementary. elementary. 
<laughs> All right. Recently, Jason has watched The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. My man. Dude, I watched that I watched that two weeks ago for the 80th time, and it's so good. Did you watch it in, in when you are in Europe? Um, on the plane. Oh, nice. Great plane movie. Yeah. If you need to, like... Dude, the Battle of Helm's Deep yeah. is so good. If you need to escape from a 10-hour flight, yeah, Lord of the Rings helps. <laughs> the open, I think the opening scene in The Two Towers is my favorite scene in, in the whole trilogy. Remind me the opening scene. Well, the opening is... Well, not the opening shots, because the opening shots are the mountains yeah. with Gandalf's voice Pulling over. back. Oh, yeah. yeah fight, okay, but gotcha. then fall, fighting the Balrog falling through. The Balrog? Ramdering the sword. <laughs> the Balrog? <laughs> Remember I said that, like, six times in a row? I couldn't... Yeah. I could not say ball rag. We got some. Uh, unsubs- we got some one star reviews because of that. <laughs> um, the ball rag. <laughs> Let's just call him the ball rag from now on. It's funny. It's so Gandalf's funnier. fighting the ball rag. He's fighting the ball rag. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, when he drops down in that underwater area, it's just incredible. Yeah, the cavern. Yeah. yeah, that's a great pick. It's so gorgeous. It's my favorite I, shot. I love that shot of the mountains pulling back. It's really cool. I remember as a kid being really struck by that surprise mountain ridge. You know what I mean? Of which shot? The opening shot. Oh, the helicopter when he's, when shot. He's, when he's tracking down the mountain, and then all of a sudden, like another ridge just pops up. Oh yeah. I was. I, I remember being a kid, like, oh fuck, that's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drug to Anthony. <laughs> Great cinema. Anthony's like, oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that ridge. Do it, Peter. Do oh, it. It's in the foreground. Oh man. Look at the pink sunset haze on it. Oh, Peter, do it. <laughs> Anyone listening to this in their car? <laughs> Sorry, they're at a stop sign with their windows rolled. Hold on, I gotta open this door. It's hot in here. One it's sec. hot in here. Yeah. Oh, you're already hot. You're already toasted, man. It's probably because you were jumping all over that jump to conclusions mat, so you you just worked up a sweat. Or is it because you're farting and you need to air out the room? Anthony's opening the door and windows of the studio. It's hot, man. It's hot. Are you really? Yeah. Maybe you you have a fever. <laughs> You're running dialogue. You're running dialogue during this is insane. No, yeah, I'm just hot. It's probably because I was eight and I made pasta, so there's a lot of steam all over me. Okay, <laughs> there's steam all it over. It warmed you. me up. Yeah, did you realize steam? <laughs> no, no, it heated me up. So steam, it's only a specific. It's only when water is boiling and it's in the air. It's almost it's a gaseous basically. So it's not it's like steam can't be on I know, you. I know, I know, I know. So have you ever made tea? <laughs> I just made tea. Oh, that's probably why you're, you're you have. I didn't st- drink it yet. You have steam all over. I'm your just th- warm. So have you? Ever, <laughs> I'm warm. Have you ever seen a steam engine? Shut up. <laughs> like you can have steam all over you. Explain a steam engine. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I. It's because I. I got warmed up from the pasta. That's all. Can't park in the staff parking lot. You're not staff. <laughs> why would you park in the staff parking lot? You're not staff. Because <laughs> you're not. I know that vocal. <laughs> The same vibe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason has also watched Ten Hours Later, Eastern Promises, amazing movie, American Gangster, hell yeah, and The Menu. Oh, good picks. Great, like, great run of movies. I know, right? He's on a tear right now. Great. On a fucking tear. <laughs> on a tear, Jason. <laughs> Next up, we have Jens Ostrom. Uh, he's 15 years old from Sweden. What's up, Jens? Hey, Jens. Oh, great top four. We got The Thing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Scream. Amazing. The Shawshank Redemption. Amazing. And then Donnie Darko. I, I like, love this I top like that four. pick. I was actually listening to some of the music to Donnie Darko today. Jen sounds like me when I was 15 A watching bit. those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Donnie Darko as a number one pick. That's great. Yeah, it's an awesome pick. It's a really good pick for your favorite movie because it really is incredible. When we did that episode, man, I freaking loved doing that episode. I freaking loved it too. <laughs> 
Frickin' A, man. We did a really good job explaining it. It's basically the Donnie Darko explained for two hours. It, yeah, in a way. It was similar to our Tenet episode because a lot of people are confused by both of those movies, which also Tenet's hitting theaters tomorrow. You know, Plug. 70 millimeter. You already saw it. Oh, yeah. I might try to find some time this week. Dude, I saw this shit in fucking max. I know you did. It wasn't just 70 mil. It was IMAX. I'm going to try to find 70 mil IMAX At screening. CityWalk. That's the theater, man. Biggest screen in L.A. In Southern California. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next up, for oh, for watches for Gen C's watched, canceled. I don't know that movie. Taxi Driver, nice. Jurassic Park, and Dashi Dashi Basara Basara. Dashi Dashi Basara Basara. Forrest Batman Gump. Forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah, Batman Forever. That's the Bane chant in Batman, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. <laughs> Great list. All right, next up, we have Hellbent Bootlegs. I doubt that's your real name. Remember bootlegs were such a big thing? Oh, yeah. Bootleg VHSs, bootleg DVDs. DVDs. Yeah. Because it's all just so digital now and streaming. You can do it online anywhere. But, like, you used to be able to buy a bootleg Back in DVD. my day, if I wanted to watch something illegally, it was a bootleg VHS. You'd get a bootleg movie None of on this the torrenting. And be some guy in a movie theater with a camcorder, and you'd watch the whole movie because... It was, I did that with Dark Knight. I, I watched mean, that HDTVs over and over. weren't really... They weren't a thing. Yeah. So it's not like your TV had great quality. Exactly. Neither, I mean, in VHSs were awful quality. Like HD, 1080p, early 2000s, that was blue, like blue, state blue of the mind. art for We're like, like what's cons- high definition consumer mean? Consumer state of the art, yeah. High definition? Is it, what does that even mean? What, a lot of people still don't even know what 4K means. 4K. 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 All right. <laughs> Back to Hellbent bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> I make t-shirts for my girlfriend inspired by our favorite movies. Oh, that's, nice. That's really nice. That's super cute. Okay. All right, we got 28 Days Later. Amazing. These are his, his recents or favorites? Favorites. I like this list because it's dark and I'm all about it. There Will Be Blood. Amazing. My favorite movie. Old Boy. Mm-hmm. One of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And then Seven. I love your taste in cinema. That's a great top four. I love it. I know. Man. It's fucked up Should and awesome. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great top four. I like that. <laughs> it's always funny because... People who love dark movies, I feel like they're the nicest people, too. I am I feel like I'm a decently nice guy. You're okay when you're part. not jumping to conclusions. <laughs> you're fine. Or or you're, and when you're not yelling at people to be quiet in movie theaters. People should be able to talk in theaters, Anthony. <laughs> I just almost spit out let, my teeth. Let them speak let out them loud speak. in theaters, Anthony. <laughs> who are you to tell them not to talk and, and ruin everybody's experience? They during... should be able to giggle and laugh all they want yes. during the climax of Dune Part 2. I know, man. In the quiet moment of the most climactic event in the in the film's story, what's the matter with you? Uh, how dare I? How dare you? How dare I? How dare you? All right, next up for recent watches, he's got Kill Bill, Kill Bill Volume Two, Django, and AI Artificial Intelligence. Tarantino run with the little nice. Spielberg at the end. Fuck yeah, bro! All right, next up we have Jacob Ayers. Ooh, nice! I like the uh, he did a color coded uh, top four. 
with uh, beautiful brown orange tints to the posters. That's how you get Anthony. You color code your top four. That's all, he's man. Swooning. Look swooning. At, you should see him right now. He's sweating even more. I'm you, glowing. You thought he was hot before. He has to open more doors. <laughs> more doors. I'm just gonna take the roof off this place. <laughs> all right. First up, we got Whiplash. Amazing. Logan. Hell yeah. Top Gun Maverick, baby. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then before sunset, great pick. Great, Man, great pick. Our listeners have such great taste in movies. And if you thought the top four color coding was color um, matching was great, he's done black, red, and white for his recent watches too. You've got above and beyond, Jacob. Holy crap! So he color coordinated his top four, his last four watches. Let me get the glasses on. That's like that's committed right there. That is commitment. That's nice. So then, Jacob has recently watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Fuck yes. American History X. Oh, I saw that poster. When <sighs> Fuck yeah. Great fucking movie. It really is. How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And then, what movie is this? It is something... I can't read it. Sorry, but <laughs> I'm so sorry. Here, let me see. Throw, throw the phone. Something real... Something realty. Ah! There yeah. goes my phone. There goes his phone. Sorry, Jacob. This is taking a while. That is... What do you think that says? Something Realty? Who is that? I don't even know what that actor is. It's an interesting poster, though. He looks like a discount Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I can't see it. Anthony, took, Anthony did a screenshot of your... of your. Yeah, that's how I collect oh, no, him. He sent a screenshot. Yes. Yes, yes. It's something. It's it, something. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. Well, you gave it four and a half stars, stars Jacob, so it must be good. You seem to have great taste in movies. Mm -hmm. All right, our final... Top four of today is from Jack Davies, who wrote too much free time in his bio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. His top four is Prisoners from Denis Villeneuve, Zodiac, another Fincher, the original Frankenstein, great, great movie, and then The Lord of the Rings. My man. The Fellowship of the Ring. My man. My man. Fuck yeah, bro. What a list. Then he recently watched 12 Angry Men, five stars. Love it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new one. But Last Voyage of the Demeter, two and a half stars. It really must be that bad, I guess. And Barbie. Nice. Great top four, bro. Sounds like an August. It is August, or, yes. Or, this no, was, yeah, he sent this to August. me in August. <laughs> We're almost out of the summer. We're almost out of the summer <laughs> for submissions. This is our back catalog of Letterboxd <laughs> recaps. But if you'd like to have your Letterboxd top four read on the podcast, all you have to do is screenshot your top four, DM it to us on Instagram, and we'll add you to the list. You'll have your... Top four read out in probably six years. Six years. <laughs> the list is getting longer and longer. It is. It is. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we watched this week. Anthony, I only had time to watch one movie. How many did you watch? I watched more than you. I watched four movies. All right, let's talk about what you watched, and then we'll, we watch the same thing, obviously. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. So, first up, I watched Dream Scenario. Oh, cool. Is it good? It's good. Yeah. Um... It's three and a half. A, it's not a great good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it was good. It's good. I gave it three and a half stars. It's really, it's really creative. Awesome concept. Nick Cage is fantastic. He just is so once again a chameleon of an actor. Becomes a completely different person. Everything, the mannerisms, the voice. I this was really one of his funniest performances too. He plays like the most innocent, naive guy imaginable. Looks like a very dork. silly character. Yeah, he's just like a really big dork. Like. But and it's a great concept of all of a sudden he's just this ordinary college professor at a small school and out of nowhere 
people start dreaming about him. He keeps showing up in everybody's dreams, not first localized around him, and then all over the country and then all over the world, people are dreaming about this guy. And it's it's a really cool concept. And then it takes a good turn where you want it to go, where the dreams start turning into nightmares. So first the guy, it's a, it's a cool critique on cancel culture and celebrity because first because everybody's dreaming about him, becomes a big news story, becomes famous. Everywhere he goes, people want to take photos with him. His class, his classes have turned into just people asking him questions about him, and he he loves it. He's enjoying it, but then everybody's dreams of him start turning into nightmares, and then nobody wants to be around him, and people start thinking maybe he's to blame for their horrible nightmares. And so, it takes a good dramatic turn. Just never in the third act didn't quite stick the concept in the landing. Didn't quite get there. It was close. It was good. It could have been amazing, but it just didn't quite get there. Is there a revelation of why it's happening? Why people are dreaming about him? Yes. But, I mean... Were you satisfied with the reasoning? Not really satisfied. It was... I I don't want to spoil anything. I would just say it's just... It left me wanting more. Gotcha. It left me... I gave it three and a half stars. Um, The director did a very good job. Ultimately, it just didn't quite... Match the potential of the of the concept. Gotcha. gotcha. Great concept, very good execution, but not didn't quite get over the finish line. All right, what at else a did, sprint. What else did you watch? Then I watched <clears throat> the Duelist from Ridley Scott. Oh, nice. This is fucking awesome. This is his first film. It came out in 1977. I gave it four stars. And so this is about. Um, it's based on a true story of these two French soldiers who started. An argument started with an argument, and then they carried on a series of duels for decades, like duels to the death. And if you don't, if you if you you either kill the guy or the guy is like can't fight anymore. That's like the rules of the duel, sword duels. And so Harvey Keitel, yeah, it's the one with Harvey Keitel, yeah, right? Harvey right, Keitel yeah. and Keith Carradine. Uh, so Keitel plays Ferrard, and then Keith Carradine plays Hubert, do Hubert, and it starts the whole relationship starts with just like a misunderstanding where uh, Farad gets extremely offended by the way that Dubert, like, talks to him. It's a really trivial thing. But the dueling back then was a, was really big and popular to do, especially with the more testy guys. And Farad Kaitel's character is like a guy who's just, like, super into, super aggressive and very insecure and takes offense easily and, and wants to... Basically, he looks, he's like a guy who's like looking to duel as many people as possible. And so they carry out a series of duels. Each duel begins with the intention of like one of them dying. But they, they keep having these things where someone gets stabbed through the gut. He's not quite dead, so they, they had to fix him up, and then they couldn't continue the duel anymore. Another one, the guy got knocked out, so they couldn't duel anymore. So they just keep having duels that like it's never quite finished, essentially. The duel's never finished, and there, has, there hasn't been like a winner in a way of not just the dueling, but in who was right in the argument from the beginning and who slighted who. And it's like, super. it's about stubbornness and commitment to absurdity. No wonder you liked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boom rusted. And it's just like, these guys just for decades, they're like, they won't even communicate. They'll just be like, oh, I heard Hubert was nearby. All right, let me find him and challenge him to another duel. Just like that keeps going on for years and years. Until eventually there is a winner. I won't tell who. I won't spoil it. But it was just really fun. 
really well crafted to no surprise by Ridley Scott, but still being his first film, visually very impressive. And then it has one of the most beautiful final shots I've ever seen in a movie. And I was just like watching it in my room and I was just like, oh my God, floored by this image that Ridley Scott had, had created. Unbelievable, unbe unbelievable ending shot. Uh, but The Duelist is a lot of fun. It has a great dry sense of humor with some good like violence. It's a quick, quick movie. It's not, it's not even, not even two hours. It might not even be, okay, it's just over 90 minutes. So it's, it's a nice tight script. It uh, moves along at a brisk pace and uh, the actors are great. And there's also, <clears throat> so nobody uses an accent in it. Um, and so it's French soldiers. So I, I, I got in debates with people about Napoleon because Joaquin uses an American accent. Mm -hmm. And then there's people using English accents and French accents. And in this film, it's the French, it's the, they're all members of the French army and they're speaking with both American accents or English accents. Here's the thing. If in any country, this, not, everybody doesn't sound the same. There are different regional dialects in, in America. There are so many ways so many variations of the how Americans speak that sound very different. Like from someone from the Deep South sounds a lot different from someone who lives in New York. You know what I mean? And so it makes total sense to cast actors who have different accents speaking English because everybody who speaks French doesn't have the same exact accent. Everybody in Italy doesn't have the exact same accent. They all, people from the North sound very different from people from the South. So that, that's the, the same in any country. So it actually makes a lot of sense when your actors aren't all speaking with the same exact accent when they're speaking English, even if they're supposed to be playing French soldiers, if that makes sense. Plus, it's Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, but I mean, that's how it, that's how it always was done. You know, Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory, they're speaking Eng English in American accents, so I don't that's mind another it. French I don't army. mind it because I think it just helps the actors get the best performance out of them. Yeah. Rather than focusing too much on an accent, which not maybe everyone wants to do. But it, it doesn't take me out of a movie. And some some actors, some great actors, just can't quite nail accents. And I'll still take the actor doing the best performance they can, as opposed to them trying to do and failing an accent. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather them just do a great performance than do a crappy British accent or a bad mm -hmm. Russian accent or something like that. But it makes sense. I mean, every country has variations of accents. So, interesting point. Thank you. Interesting point. Thank you. All right, Anthony, what else Are you, you massaging watch? your feet right now? Yeah, my feet are just killing me. Aw, oh, damn. Dogs are barking. <laughs> James just pulled the dogs out, and he's like took my socks massaging off. them. The dogs are out. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is this going to distract you, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, your your dogs are out, bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. They're clean, though. I just showered. I certainly hope so. Like, a, like this bruise. See this bruise on my toe? Did I tell you about that? No, what happened? I dropped a table on my toe. You dropped a table on your toe? I thought I broke it when we were in England shooting. I was moving a table in a kitchen, from a living room into a kitchen. I dropped it directly on my toe. I thought it broke. It was that painful? It was excruciatingly painful. Was it like the worst, like worse than any stub toe ever? Oh, it was like 10 times worse than I could barely walk. Damn. But I just popped like four, mold, four Advil. Well, actually, they don't have Advil out there. They have other kinds of pain medications out there. And I just, like, sucked it up. But yeah, they don't have, like, name-brand stuff, do they? No, well, it's not America. Yeah. It's just American because we have so many goddamn medicines here. But, like, They're, Advil, <laughs> Tylenol, yeah. they have other things. They have other, like, acetaminophenes and mm -hmm. ibuprofens there, but it's just different branding, different companies. Probably, it's probably, like, the same company. There's <laughs> different brand. Yeah. But uh, America's just so different. And so even stuff like that, even, like, when you get pain medication for a headache or something. Mm -hmm. But um, dropped a table on my toe. Not a huge table, but it was marble. 
It was mar. You dropped. Wait, you dropped a marble table on your toe. Marble coffee table. Marble coffee table. Yes. Sounds heavy. It it hurt. It was very heavy. I'm I'm shocked my toe didn't break. I'm convinced. I'm convinced <laughs> that you're. I'm Bruce unbreakable. Willis and unbreakable. I'm unbreakable. I'm convinced. <laughs> he wouldn't have gotten bruised. How many bones have I broken in my life? Zero. That's right. He wouldn't have gotten bruised. He doesn't get bruised. Sure he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> sure he does. You just made that up. <laughs> he does not get bruised. He's super bad. He gets beat up. He gets bloodied. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. When? At the end of the movie. No, it's, it's water. No, he's getting drowned. No, he's fighting the guy. He's, he gets what bloody guy? in that movie. At the end. He's fighting the bad guy, the, the invader. No, I feel like he's getting drowned. No blood. Is, there's no blood. There's, there's blood. I doubt it. There's blood. I doubt it. He's not Superman. He's just unbreakable. I don't think there's blood in there. Well, the car crash has got to be some blood on him, right? I'm going to have to rewatch it. Dude, the opening with the train and, and the doctor, played by Shaman, saying, no, a sing- you don't have a single scratch or bruise on you after the train wreck. That's the whole fucking setup of the trailer. It's a good point. <laughs> not a single scratch on you. 90, 198 people died. You're the only survivor with not a scratch on but you. But listen, man. <laughs> this was a really heavy coffee table. And all I'm saying is, even if this fell on his toe, he would have broken his toe. Fucking Bruce Willis getting bruised and bloodied and unbreakable. Get out that's of here. That's how heavy this table was. And that's how indestructible I am. I'm convinced. If I you're am. so indestructible, why are you massaging your feet being sore? I mean, just because I'm indestructible doesn't mean my feet don't get sore. Indestructible people don't have sore feet. That's another conclusion. <laughs> that's not a conclusion. Quit jumping to your conclusion. If you're indestructible, you can't be harmed at all. Another soreness is a soreness is a sign of, is a is pain. No, I mean I you it's can't injury. break me. It's injury. I can pull my hammy still. <laughs> I mean, I can, if you can pull a hammy, you can be broken. Listen, <laughs> the thing with muscle tissue is like, yeah, I wouldn't even grow if I was unbreakable. <laughs> so you're not unbreakable. No, I'm saying you're just misunderstanding. No, so are you unbreakable or not? I am. But you just said muscle tissue couldn't grow. If no, because you, you have to tear muscle tissue in order to make yeah, it stronger yeah. and grow. Yeah, it. so you're not unbreakable. You're breakable. No, but you're 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 oversimplifying. Like it's it's not like that deep, bro. <laughs> I'm not oversimplifying. It's just I'm just basic. I'm just pointing out facts. Listen, I'm unbreakable. <laughs> and you, if I you could drop a, a car on my toe and it's not gonna break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's drop a car on your toe. Got a car? Got a yeah. forklift? Let's do it, bro. Oh, no, I'll just, dro- I'll just drive your car over your toe. No, you have to drop it on my toe. Why not drive it over? Driving over, that's easy, dude. <laughs> Get a crane, man. Let's, let's do it for real. <laughs> okay, lie under the car. No, I'm not going to lie under the car. That's crazy. I'm going to put my toe under there. So Yeah, but if you're unbreakable, the car wouldn't hurt you. Well, it's going to flatten me, and I'm going to be under a car. I don't want to be then under Then you're breakable. A- no, I don't want to be under a car. I don't know. You know how hard it's gonna be to get that car off of me. Anyways, what have you watched? <laughs> you have two movies watched, by the way. Do I? Yeah. What's my other one? The Watch Party. What did we watch? Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Oh my <laughs> god! Space. I forgot about Hot Rod. I did watch a movie. What'd you week. give Hot Rod for a rating? Hold on, let me pull it up in my letterbox because I forgot to log it. I'm giving Hot Rod three stars. And I love Hot Rod too at the same time, but it's also just so silly. That I can't like give it more than three stars if that makes sense. Yeah, I watched Hot Rod for the first time last year, and I cr- pissed my pants laughing. Did you really piss your pants? Literally, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, I cried laughing though. Pissed your pants laughing. Cry. I cried laughing. I laughed nonstop for I think fifteen minutes straight. It was the 
the montage in the woods yeah, when he yeah. starts doing the dancing and karate and drinks a beer and smokes a cigarette. I need to go to my quiet place. And then he falls down the hill. Yeah. I laughed so hard. I was with my ex. She's like, I've never heard you sound like that before in my life. Like, <laughs> you were moaning. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, this feels so good. <laughs> You're like, yeah, baby, please. Um, More Andy. It's hysterical. It's so silly and ridiculous. It was a great watch party movie because we were all just cackling giggling and, and giggling. And someone, I can't remember who it was, they made a great point that Napoleon Dynamite and Hot Rod are in the same universe of absurd comedies that are kind of in a league of their own and or sort of a genre of their own of just weird, funny movies that a, a lot of people try to do with their movies, a lot of filmmakers try to do, but you, it's just like you don't know what's going to hit. And these both those movies are in there. That's a great double feature. It, is, it would be a great double and feature. And because Napoleon and... And Hot Rod are so different yeah. in character. And Hot Rod is so absurd. Andy Samberg's hysterical in it. And I just love it. But I think my favorite, besides the the hill roll, the second <laughs> funniest part I laughed at was his stepbrother is his videographer and video editor, right? And so I think like halfway through the movie, he comes and he's like, hey, man, what are you doing in there? What are you working on? And his brother pulls up a video. It's two dogs humping. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what was that? He's like, oh, nothing. Never mind. That's not for you. It's totally not for me. And I, I remember I watched it and I, I like freeze framed it. I had to like rewind it. I'm like that uh -huh. was the, it was a hysterical. It's just like one of those weird little scenes. But this movie sprinkled stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's. I gave it three and a half stars. I I previously rated it three stars. I only this was only my second time watching it. It's good. It's really funny. It's um, it's a very specific kind of humor. Uh, but when you understand what the filmmakers and writers are going for, you're like, okay, take me along on this ridiculous, absurd ride. And it's a good time for the most part. It's it's really funny. It's it's cute. Um, Andy Samberg, he has a very specific kind of charm, and it it only works every once in a while in certain things. I think he's really suited for television, but with films, he hasn't had quite the trajectory that you would hope from a huge SNL person. But Palm Springs was very good, and that's because he toned down the comedic part of his acting, and then he. It was much more nuanced his acting in Palm Springs. Yeah, this he was movie, still funny as hell and ridiculous, but he wasn't like absurd like he like he is in SNL skits and a couple other movies. So he worked really well in Palm Springs, and I loved it. And I know people adore him on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, he's dialed to a hundred in this movie. And yeah. it's hysterical, but it works. It absolutely works. The but fucking hair that was like everybody had that hair in like two thousand and six, two thousand seven. But everything about this movie, like even. Just the weird, funny dissolves, or just like there's a shot of a fox that just dissolves on yeah. screen. And it's just so silly. Totem fox. Totem fox. Totem animal fox. The, 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 like he calls like the spirits of all the animals of the forest and then a house cat. <laughs> <laughs> house cat. It's great. It's a silly movie. It's, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's a silly yeah, movie. It's very silly. When you understand that, it's enjoyable. All right. And then our final watch is obviously Dune Part, Part two. 2. And. I don't want to talk about it too, too much because we are dropping a review about it on March 4th, the Monday after its release, and we don't want to spoil anything, but just really quickly, this movie was everything I wanted it to be, and Denis Villeneuve expanded on everything he did in the first film, but he also really made a film that stands alone and feels very different than the first film in a lot of great ways. And he also made very interesting deviations from the book, which I thought, and Anthony and I both think, tell a story better for 
our current audience of this era of this world of post 2000 you know it's 2024 now this book was written freaking 70 years ago yeah a while ago and i think the stories told really well in terms of the changes they made to a couple of very major characters there are some characters that i was surprised got that cut mm-hmm. but no one intensely important to the plot and we still reached the great conclusion if you ever read the book and I think just the filmmaking was astounding. I was jaw on the floor within 15 minutes. I saw things I'd never seen before in a movie, just like with the first one. But this is a movie unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. And I can't wait to experience it again. Letterboxd rating? Letterboxd rating is a five. Nice, dude. Five, kid. And, you know, Denis Villeneuve, <laughs> I hope he gets to make the third one. It would be really cool because he said that would be his dream is to to finish out a trilogy for Dune. And, you know, this is maybe one of the best casts ever assembled for a film. This and Oppenheimer, it's interesting how close these movies came out, and we got the two best casts I've ever seen. I mean, Oppenheimer might be number one, but this cast is absurdly talented. And Austin Butler fucking delivers as Fade Routha. He is incredible. So good. Incredible in this role. The juiciest, tastiest villain I've seen in years, man. He was excellent. Great way to put it. Really excellent. And... Tore the screen up. Couldn't take my eyes off him. I was in the theater like before the movie started. Just That was maybe my most anticipated thing of seeing Fade Routh on screen by Austin Butler as well as Riding a Sandworm. But man, Austin delivers as much as Denis delivers for the sequel. And it's it's better in every regard, I think, from the first film. And, and the first film was a brilliant piece of filmmaking as well. But it's just I've never seen a movie like this before. I agree. I also gave it five stars and I wrote a cinematic marvel. Denis Villeneuve has cemented his status as one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. Along with his exceptional cast and crew, he somehow managed to adapt the rest of Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novel and managed to improve upon the first film in every way. Epic doesn't even begin to describe Dune Part 2. The returning cast is wonderful, and the new additions created an incredible set of memorable performances, most notably Austin Butler, who burns with rage and madness on screen. Both cinematography and production design are nothing short of astounding, and the costuming is phenomenal. My main man, Hans Zimmer, absolutely destroyed this score and gave me yet another gym gym album. (laughs) This film is everything I wanted and more. It's just a a wonderful, groundbreaking achievement in the science fiction genre, and I adore what Denis and his company did with this. I agree with uh, Austin Butler just knocking it out of the park and being perfect as Fade Rotha. Unbelievable performance. I do think that uh, quite a number of people won't like the film. A quiet number of people? Quite a few number. Oh. Quite a number of people won't like it. I'm not going to say that. I think that it's so deep and meditative and philosophical. I think people, some people might be walking into it thinking it's an action movie. It's very action yeah, heavy. It is very action heavy. It yeah. is a war movie at yeah. the same time as being very contemplative. Yeah. There is insane amounts of action in this movie. Oh, I, absolutely, yeah. I think people will like this one more. However, I think people who are adamant about adaptations being perfect, book to film, sure, they might not be super happy with some stuff. As a massive fan of the book, I was totally fine with the changes they made because I think it tells the story in a really different way, an effective way, and we still reach the same conclusions, and we still have the same beats plot-wise. But I think it just tells the story in a different way that's interesting. And yeah. Versus the same versus the expectations. So, so it that's, changes our expectations of what we think is going to happen. That's a great point because 
you can be a fan of the book and you can be fan, a fan of a good adaptation of a book, even if it's not super accurate. Here's a great example. Peter Jackson's adaptations of Lord of the Rings, they're not super duper book accurate. Not very. <laughs> and the most iconic symbol, the most iconic iconic image of the Lord of the Rings franchise is what? Sauron's eye? Yeah. Not in the book. Not in the book. Not in the book. So, sometimes filmmakers, especially brilliant ones, can come up with better ways to tell, not better ways, but uh, ways to tell the story in the medium, in the format of film in a better way than the original source material did. Plus, for the for the for the medium of film. Plus changing things to changing times. Yeah. You know, this movie the book came out so many so many years ago. Yeah. And it's fine to make some changes that maybe adapt to a different kind of audience. I, I freaking love this movie, man. I, I adored it and I was so happy to finally see it and experience it. And man, you guys you guys are in for such a treat. Oh it's my god. Really just we're so lucky to live in a world where we get movies like this. And you know, Hollywood's in a state where we get a lot of crap. We get a lot of drivel, a lot of AI feeling stuff, especially the corporate studio system just churning out movies like crazy. But we do get movies like Dune Part Two, recently Oppenheimer. But Dune Part Two also I mean, this year's obviously the best movie of the year. Oh yeah. But it's just really special filmmaking. It's it's really it's absurd how good it is. I think that this is a front runner for Pretty much most categories of the Oscars. Yeah, it won't win Best Picture because it won't it's sci-fi. Win. Yeah, even though it should, it won't. It won't win any act- acting awards though. But I think it's front runner for cinematography, costuming, production design. Absolutely, hey, man. And visual effects. Austin Butler. <laughs> Austin Butler, best performance in the movie. Robin. I think it's the best. His voice is great. Wait till you hear his voice, Wait guys. Wait till you hear him, guys. I, gave, I just gave you a little tease. Although they released a clip of him online. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a clip of yeah. him online. But man, I was his so, voice is great. I was very satisfied with this movie. Me too, man. It was Because there was so much hype. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. I read the book in 2020 because you got so excited about it. And since then, I've just been waiting for the fully realized story to come to fruition and it was immensely satisfying. Yeah, and immensely. I really, I really do hope Denis gets to make the trilogy, and I expect he'll we, he will because I think this is going to be a hit. And I loved seeing it, but this is a movie for IMAX, and so I think that when we see it in IMAX on Monday, it's going to be even more special mm-hmm. with that huge fucking massive screen in a perfect theater with yes. a bunch of fans, with a bunch of you all. It's gonna be epic, man. It's gonna be sick. I it's can't gonna be wait. great. But yeah, Dune Part Two. It's it's the real deal. It's the it's the juice, baby. Five. I gave it five stars. It's that good. It's five hundred out of five. Hundred out of ten. Man, mouth on the floor. Multiple. Yeah. I had my I had my hands on my cheeks at one point. I was like, I, I, like, did, I oh my god, what am I? I did that be- too. I can't believe it. Yeah. Couldn't there were a couple of shots where I was. A couple like, times, oh, I shit. multiple times, I, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. It was so creative, just incredible stunt work incredible sequences and, and blocking and, and action. The action was... There's unique things I've never seen before with action. And holy crap, man. Yep. The suspenser belts. <laughs> holy crap. All right. Holy crap. That's all we watched. Yeah, that's, that's what we watched. You didn't see Madam Web? No, and speaking of Madam Web, it's currently a 1.9... 1. 1.6 on IMDb? 1.6 on, 1. on IMDb? No, no. Oh, I'm, I'm Letterboxd. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, that's... Manageable. Letterboxd, it's a 1.6. And I thought, you know, since we're not going to see the movie, 
we can read some of the one star reviews. I've never seen a movie that low on Letterboxd. Maybe Death Note. I, I and I think you know. I know people want to be part of conversations online, and you know you want to know what's hip and what's going on. But this is just a movie that I, I just don't understand why ever, like so many people saw it, knowing they're not going to like it. You know, I I'm not wasting my time watching this movie. Yeah, and, I mean it's the most popular movie of of the week, and yeah, I I just don't get why everyone's just feeding into crap. You know, we deserve better from studios, and I I just don't understand why. I, the thing with Morbius is Morbius, you know, I I after that I had this opinion where like I'm not gonna see a movie that I don't want to see anymore that I know is gonna be bad. After I saw Morbius, that yeah. was my take. I'm like I'm not doing this to myself again, and I know it's good for content, it's good for relevancy, and you know being up to date with what people are talking about online and yeah. for episodes and, and analytics, but we're just not doing that anymore. After Morbius, we were like, I don't want to do this anymore. If, if a movie, yeah. I, if I know movie's not going to be good, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen, I mean, I haven't seen that many new movies this year because I really only like to watch movies. If I know they're if I have a feeling they're going to be great, if they have a great filmmaking team behind it, if it looks like it's a compelling story or something interesting that I've never seen before, if not, I'm going to watch, an old like I, I, I'm happy to watch an old movie or a foreign film, and I don't think that's pretentious or at at all in any way because you know I want to enjoy what I watch and you know what rather than going see Madame Web I watched Ridley Scott's The Duelist and I had a great time it was a wonderful movie and then I I saw Bonnie and Clyde the day Madame Web came out and I was like I'd rather I had a great time with Bonnie and Clyde it was so much fun and it was an unbelievably good movie I'd rather watch movies from the past than some modern slop honestly I'd, i have better things to do with my time um and i know a lot of other creators like they're like you said they want to be involved in the conversation and and steering it's good for engagement it's good for engagement but i know what i i care about like i think it's important i think what you consume for media is has an effect on you um and so for me I get inspired when I watch great films and uh, it's, it helps cr with creative juices and it helps me feel it helps build my love for film. If I keep watching great movies and then there's nothing worse than watching a horrible movie and being stuck in the theater. Uh, like for example, like Morbius, like you pointed out, like I just remember being in that theater, like, oh, like we're just here. This is the terrible movie that was just made for with no intention just, I didn't think it was going to be that bad, yeah. Morbius, too. Like, I knew it would yeah. be not great, but I was like, this is just a different level. Yeah, and then I'm not going to go see Madame Web and, for, and spend a few hours of my day doing that, knowing that it's not going to be a satisfying experience at all. Like, I don't see any point in doing that. And also, from what I saw from clips and footage in the storyline that I was I heard of, they put no effort into making a good story at all. And if the filmmaking team and the production and the studio aren't putting any care into it, why watch it? I'm convinced that it's just to, to make content and to get a letterbox review up Yeah, for likes. I think that's a lot of people just do it. I understand that's just kind of like the culture in. Social media is so big. But I'm, I'm not going to do that with this kind of movie. It, but I will read some of the one-star reviews. Let's hear them. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they must be funny. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Um... This is one star review I, from Kit Laser. I was I kept expecting Nathan Fielder to pop out and reveal his most elaborate social experiment to date. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what else do we have for bad reviews on this? They're all bad reviews. That's the thing. I love the part where Madam Web said, it's webbing time. This makes Morbius look like the Godfather. Martin Scorsese has been real quiet since this dropped. <laughs> Morbius. <laughs> That's a good one. Morbius, but for girls. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Pepsi. Every line reading feels like it's on a Zoom delay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I don't even want to read any more of these. It's just... Eh. Yeah, that's all I got. The real star of this movie is Dakota Johnson's jacket. It does look like a cool jacket. Eh, it's fine. It's interesting because they, they also marketed this. It was like the Valentine's movie of the year. It was terrible posters, too. <laughs> it's just poster. Dakota Johnson just... A portrait of her. Like, that's the movie you're selling? Bad press tour, too. It's just... But they only put $80 million into this movie. Yeah, but if they make a great movie, people will love it. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the, the thing. thing. I know. If they make a good movie, people will want to see it. I know, man. I know. Yeah. I, but yeah. Not for me. It makes me very unexcited for Craven. So, yeah. We... Back in the day, we used to be like, oh, we got to stay relevant and watch everything that's new and make content about all the new movies. But now, we're, like you said, we're at a point where, like, if it's not good, we're not going to waste our time with it. We're Just not. Reviews, it's our like, energy. It's, it's, it's your time and your energy. Like, I'm not going to put my time and energy into Madam Web. I don't, I don't care that much about getting views and clicks. Yeah, on me either. Yeah. And going viral. Just like, oh, maybe I can make the viral one. It doesn't. It's not important to me. I just want to make good content that people enjoy that can bring meaning to people who are interested about film and that's really all that matters with the podcast is just making stuff that's meaningful that we care about yeah that we care about and that we're passionate about like movies we care if about we, if we do a Madam web episode we're gonna rip on it the whole time and that's not that's not fun doesn't, yeah that doesn't sound like fun yeah, but if we do a dune part two episode it's us gushing over it for two hours oh, oh we gush <laughs> we gush over dune part two <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right anyways that's the end of letterbox recap Number 40. Wow, 40. Again, thank you to everyone who won the contest. We can't wait to see you. Thank you to everyone who entered. We'll see you Monday night for Dune Part 2 in oh, yeah. IMAX at the sickest theater ever. It's going to be an awesome experience. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be able to do more stuff like this going forward. This will be our first time hosting a private screening. This time, you know, with Warner Brothers and IMAX. So it's super, super exciting for us to be able to do it. Very grateful very honored. Also, make sure to check out episode three of PlayStation's Last of Us Game Nights. Our final episode dropped this week on their YouTube channel. Three episodes total. They went one every week, so there's three total of PlayStation's Game Nights. The Last of Us Game Nights, talking about the remaster. Such an incredible, fun experience. We loved working with Sony PlayStation and, and Naughty Dog. They were incredible. And the remaster is great. Yeah, the remaster is really yeah. terrific. We got a sample, and it's so fun. It's yeah. so cool. So thank you to PlayStation for working with us on that. You guys are the best. And Sony. And Naughty Dog. All of you. Yeah, they're listening and right now. And IMAX. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. Just name drop. They do listen. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. All right, anyways. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.